0: be in Genesis 43. We're going to be in Genesis 42. That was just a trick for y'all. So the trick's on you. How about that? I'm sorry for that. That was uh, a typo on my, uh, my behalf, and I'm, I'm sorry about that. But I, I think you guys could forgive me, couldn't you? Trip, you forgive me, won't you, brother? Yeah. Thumbs up. I'm in. All right. Everybody okay? Genesis chapter 41, last week we talked about Joseph and we talked about how things changed. How it happened in one day. Pharaoh couldn't find anyone to in- interpret his nightmare of these skinny cows and these unhealthy heads of grain, and, and then out of nowhere, the cupbearer remembers Joseph. Joseph was called upon to interpret the dream, and after Joseph gave God's, uh, Joseph gave God's uh, interpretation of this dream, Pharaoh instantly moves room, room and made him second in command of Egypt. He went from living like an animal. You remember the description, it says they had to clean him up. They had to shave him and, and get him uh, all cleaned up because he probably was not the greatest smelling uh, guy and he probably was looking a little rough. But they clean him up. He goes from living like an animal to the second most powerful man, probably in that time, on the planet. Think about that. That still amazes me that that could happen. But with God, all things are possible, amen? And even though he was that powerful, and even though it seems like everything is just perfect in his life, there's still another problem. The broken relationship with his family. Not only was Joseph separated from them, but his brothers were still doing something as well. They were carrying along this guilt of their sin. Today, tonight begins this story of how God puts together a broken family. We will see how God's providence continues to work to help this family face its past and come together. I want to read it. It's not as long as it was last uh, week, but I want to read chapter 42 and then I want to bring some points for you to consider and then the lesson will be yours. Uh, Verse 1 says, When Jacob saw that there was grain in Egypt, Jacob said to his sons, Why do you look at one another? And he said, Indeed, I've heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down to that place and buy for us there that we may live and not die. You remember, (coughs) for those of you who wasn't here, we ended up uh, last week, uh, and, and I'll just use verse in chapter 41. Verse 57 It says, So all countries came to Joseph in Egypt to buy grain because the famine was severe in all lands. Joseph, and because of his plan and because of what God told him to do, was able to establish this system in Egypt where during this seven years of prosperity, they would gather up all the grain and all the food and compile it up in in different areas. And then when that seven years of famine would hit, they would have have a plentiful amount in that time. And all the nations would have to come to Egypt to receive food. So here is Jacob. This is Joseph's father. Jacob saw that there was grain in Egypt and Jacob says to his sons, why do you look at one another? And he said, indeed, I have heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down to that place and buy for us there that we may live and not die. So Joseph's ten brothers went down to buy grain in Egypt. But Jacob did not send Joseph's brother Benjamin with his brothers, for he said, lest some calamity befall him. And the sons of Israel went to buy grain among those who journeyed, for the famine was in the land of Canaan. Now Joseph was governor over the land, and and it was... He who sold to all the people of the land and Joseph's brothers came and bowed down before him with their faces to the earth. Joseph saw his brothers and recognized them, but he acted as a stranger to them and spoke roughly to them. Then he said to them, where do you come from? And they said from the land of Canaan to buy food. So Joseph recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. Then Joseph remembered the dreams which he had dreamed about them and said to them, you are spies. You have come to see the nakedness of the land. And they said to him, no, my Lord, but your servants have come to buy food. We are all one's man's sons. We are honest men. Your servants are not spies. But he said to them, no, but you have come to see the nakedness of the land. And they said, your servants are 12 brothers, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan. And in fact, the youngest is with our father today and one is no more. But Joseph said to them, it is as I spoke to you saying you are spies in this manner. You shall be tested by the life of Pharaoh. You shall not leave this place unless your younger brother comes here. Send one of you and let him bring your brother and you shall be kept in prison that your words may be tested to see whether there is any truth in you or else by the life of Pharaoh, surely you are spies. So he puts them all together in prison three days. Then Joseph said to them the third day, do this and live, for I fear, God, if you are honest men, let one of your brothers be confined to your prison house. But you go and carry grain for the famine of your houses and bring your youngest brother to me, so your words will be verified and you shall not die. And they, and they did so. Then they said to one another, we are truly guilty concerning our brother for we saw the anguish of his soul and when he pleaded with us and we would not hear therefore this distress has come upon us. And Reuben answered them saying, did I not speak to you saying, do not sin against the boy and you would not listen? Therefore behold his Blood is now required of us. But they did not know that Joseph understood them, for he spoke to them through an interpreter. And he turned himself away from them and wept. And then he returned to them again and talked with them. And he took Simeon from them and bound him before their eyes. And let's just stop right there for just a minute. When we think about this story, we see some things happening And I know that it's a lot of reading, but in order for us to get the point of the story, we got to know what's happening in the story. Am I right? I know that this is a lot of reading. I get that. And normally this is not what I do. But in order to get the real point, in order to get the real blessing, can we just take a few minutes and read a few verses of Scripture? Can we just take a little bit of time in our busy lives, and our busy schedules to just look at some scripture and see what we can learn and what we can gain in our lives as far as being beneficial to the kingdom of God. Here, Joseph finally comes in contact with his brothers. Could you imagine? But there's a problem going on. Here was Joseph on one side, the person who had something done to him, and on the other side, now we start realizing this story about the brothers and the problem with this sin that they're dealing with. The first thing that I'd like for us to consider uh, this evening is this if we don't deal with our sins, if we don't deal with our sins, it will affect our relationships. Ever thought about that? Have you ever seen that play out? Some years have gone by since Joseph was sold into slavery. Some say 22, some, somewhere in the 20s is what uh, some of these scholars would say. But could you imagine every time a traveler would come back from Egypt, maybe at Jacob's house, and they would sit down and they would talk about you know, the things that were happening in Egypt? Could you imagine uh, these brothers... Do you think they held their breath? Do you think they wondered? It probably wouldn't happen, but there may be this small possibility that these travelers, that these people, they might uh, say in their, in their minds as they were talking about these times in Egypt that they found this uh, prisoner, this, this slave that said that he had a father who lived in Canaan and his name was Jacob. If that happened, what would go on in these brothers' lives? This this huge cover-up, this huge thing that they had covered up for all of these years would be blown wide open. Do you think they laid in bed and actually prayed (laughs) that it wouldn't be found out? Have you ever thought about that in your life? Have you ever thought about the things that maybe you've covered up before? Maybe you don't want to let somebody know it. And I know this sounds crazy, but I've actually heard this uh, talked about. That somebody actually prayed for somebody to not find out something that was wrong. What gets a person in that mind frame? What gets a person to say, I need to pray for somebody to not find out my sin? Well how? A slim possibility every time somebody came back and the, the just the hearing the word Egypt, how do you think these brothers felt? Have you ever hid a sin? Have you ever been engulfed in a sinful way of living and, and, and you're trying to keep it secret and, and, and you hear these people talking about it and you think they're drawing ever closer to exposing you? Oh, the anxiety of that. When we think about sin in our lives, the reason why the Lord hates it so much, the reason why he's coming to deal with sin is because of what what happens to us in our lives. Here were these brothers dealing with this cover-up for so many years. They were dealing with this situation uh, for so many years, holding it back, keeping alive for that long of a time. And in that time, they saw their father going into his tent. Sad. You remember when he he held that stained many-color coat of Joseph? The way that he felt which was the last thing that he held on to of his own son's life. And here were these brothers every day seeing this man and allowing it to just continue. Oh, man. Watching their father grieving because they're not willing to expose themselves and admit their fault, but they're going to just keep on hiding it. Oh, do you see the application, brethren? Do we see the application? Do we just live our lives putting on this fake front? Do we live our lives just putting on this fake front that we're really spiritual and we're really about Jesus, but in reality, we're not about it? We just need to check the box because we don't want to go to hell. See, I need to be here because I don't want to go to hell. But see, I have no fruit. Nothing's happening because my life really is a mess. My life really is a cover-up. My life really isn't about the truth. They managed to lie their way for all these years. Every time they saw Jacob mourning. How many times do we see when somebody has died, someone that we love... Somebody that we know has lost a loved one, do they just grieve that person one time? Is the funeral happen, and then they say, I'm so sad that I lost this person, and then that's the last time you ever hear anything about it? No, it's a continual thing. Now think about what's happening in this story. Here is Jacob probably grieving a lot over his son's loss. He thinks he's dead. And these brothers have lied to him and continue to lie to him. They managed to lie their way until the famine happened. (laughs) And now it's going to come time to face it. Isn't that how it is? You can cover it up all you want, but finally it's going to be exposed Now, there was no food anywhere. Something has to happen. And finally, what does Jacob say? Hey, why are you guys looking at each other? I mean, we're about to starve to death. There's food in Egypt. Can you go down there and get some for us? So they do. Do you think the sons were uncomfortable with that comment? Do you think the sons uh, thought that it was, uh, you know, kind of strange that all of a sudden they're going to have to go to Egypt? How ironic is it that the food is in Egypt, right? And how ironic is it that Joseph is the one that actually is going to give them the food? They have no idea, though. You see how God works, brethren? Are our eyes wide open? Do we really believe in Jesus Christ? Do we really believe that he's making intercession for us? Do we really believe that God's providence is working in our lives? So they go, but Jacob says, no, you ain't taking Benjamin, my, my youngest, with me because there may be another calamity that happens. No matter how much we think we can manage our guilt, No matter how much we think that we can hide our sin and tuck it away. You know, whenever the the subject of our Joseph comes up in the conversation, what do we do? do? Do we try to hide our sin so people around us won't know? But they will. See, our sins affect so many people around us, and the more that, they, that this sin stays tucked away, the harder the crash will be, not only on us, but on others. Am I right about it? Is that not true? The more that I tuck it away, the more that I try to hide it, the more that I try to impress you, the more that I try to pretend that I'm living this life that's all about Jesus, when you find the truth out about me and I'm fully exposed, what does it do to your faith? <laughs> that boy, I've heard talking about he's preaching the truth, man, I've seen the way he lived.. <laughs> I've seen the things that he talks about. I've seen the way that he really acts. See, when we try to hide our sin, when we try to tuck it away, when we try to put it on the side and live two lives, a problem starts happening. Look at what happens. You know that it bothers them. Look at verses 18 again uh, through 24. Then Joseph said to them for, uh, on the third day after they'd been in prison, he says, do this and live for I fear God. If you're, an honest, if you're honest men, let one of your brothers be confined to your prison house, but you go and carry grain for the famine to your house and bring your youngest brother to me so your words will be verified and you shall not die. And they did so. Then they said to one another, Now look at what happens, and look at what they say amongst each other. We are truly guilty concerning our brother, for we saw the anguish of his soul when he pleaded with us, and we would not hear. Therefore, this distress has come upon us. Think about what they're talking about. They're talking about his their brother. We're guilty concerning our brother, for we saw his anguish. We get a little bit of information into this story about Joseph. They, saw, they remember his anguish and the pleading that he did. Come on. Reuben, come on. Simeon. When we cover up sin, when we try to act like we're not really living a certain way, it not only affects you, it affects everybody else around you. You see how this happens. Verse 22, Reuben answered them, did I not speak to you? saying, Do not sin against the boy, and you would not listen. Therefore, behold, his blood is now required of us. Here's Reuben trying to speak up a little bit too late, don't you think? But they didn't know that Joseph understood them. But look at what happens in this whole situation. This sin is starting to be dealt with. They're talking about it amongst each other. And look at how it affects people. Verse 24 says, and he turned himself away. This is Joseph from them and he wept. Then he returned to them again and talked with them. And he took Simeon from them and bound him before the eyes. Simeon is locked up. Think about the relationship that they had with their dad. Think about the relationship that they had amongst each other. Think about the relationship that they had at one time with Joseph. It is a hot mess. Every day they got to look at Jacob. Every day they got to look amongst themselves and think about... What was going on? You know, when we live in sin and we're doing something that we're not supposed to be doing, doesn't it just bother you? Because you know you shouldn't be doing it, but you find yourself trapped in it and you keep on pulling yourself back into it. They looked in Jacob's eyes and it was a bold-faced lie. What kind of relationship is that? What kind of relationship do we have with each other when we do that? Children, when we don't do what our parents tell us to do. Spouses, when we act a certain way towards each other. Brethren, when we talk to each other and lie and not do the right thing that we're supposed to be doing, but decide, you know what, I'm going to do whatever I want anyway because it don't matter. See, that's the whole purpose of what James is talking about in James chapter 5, verse 16. Confess your trespasses to one another. Ask yourself this question. Hey, be honest. When was the last time that you confessed a trespass to one of your brethren? When was the last time you want to talk about something that's deep? You want to talk about something that really is going to get to your heart? We can talk about theology. We can talk about the Greek. We can talk about the Hebrew. We can talk about all of these things. But you want to know what really will cut you? You want to know what really will get to where you needed to be at? When is the last time that you wanted to deal with your sin? Huh? It just don't matter. It just don't matter, Matt. I'm good, dog. I know all that, bruh. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another. What you struggling with, man? I remember, and I pat myself on the back. I don't do this all the time, but I did it just the other day. I actually did this. I confessed a trespass to one of my brothers. And you know what we did? We prayed about it right then. And you want to know what else? It was an amazing thing. That power that was coming over me, that sin that was trying to entrap me, that that attitude that I had to not do the right... I'm just going to tell you, hey, you know what? I'm going to expose myself because you know what? I ain't better than nobody in here. But you know what happened? That chain was unlocked. The power got set down, and you know what I did? I said, Lord, thank you for giving me that example because now I know how I can deal with sin. Not only can I confess it to my brother or my sister, I can actually confess it to the one who's going to forgive me. See, if I confess my sin to the one who's faithful to forgive me, not only does he forgive me, he cleanses me. Now, that's big time. But you know what happens if I don't do that then it festers and it grows and now I have this problem like these brothers. They're fighting amongst each other. They're looking at their their father and they're like we can't tell him. I don't know what to say to him. Think about the relationship that we have with the Lord. When we Don't deal with our sins. It affects the relationships all around us. The second thing to consider, when we face people that have sinned against us, we must show God's grace. Amen? Think about what happens to Joseph. The wounds of Joseph's past were painful, weren't they? And could you imagine seeing your brothers after all these years and Joseph being in the position of power he was in, showing up to ask for food? (laughs) Don't let me be Pharaoh. Just don't let me be Pharaoh when you try to roll up and you've done something wrong to me because you know what I'm going to say? Oh, you got to do a lot of stuff before I can give you this food. There's a lot of things that's going to have to happen before you can get some of this. Brethren, is that not what we do? I'm pleading my heart. Can I plead my heart? I'm not trying to get on to you. I'm not trying to be uh, ridiculous. I'm not trying to be anything. I'm just trying to be just straight up truthful about this. If we want to change the world, if we want to affect people's lives, we've got to deal with our stuff we got to deal with it. Could you imagine Joseph in this moment? He was probably an emotional wreck. What comes next? We see the humanity of of Joseph, not Jesus, of Joseph. Could it be the reason that he's so harsh to them was because he was also dealing with the pain in the past? You know, a lot of scholars would say, yeah, Joseph had already dealt with this and it already was past him. Well, he might have already dealt with it, but could you imagine just the reality of it? These people who had thrown you in slavery, your brothers who you haven't seen in such a long time, now they show up out of all the people? Does that mean that Joseph didn't love his family? No. It's very hard when someone in your past hurts you to not pick up that relationship right in the place where you left it off. Is that not true? Here you have this problem with somebody and now all of a sudden you don't see them for a while, but then you come back to it and now all of a sudden you want to pick up right where that relationship left off. The same emotional state where you left it Think about the emotions that Joseph must have been dealing with in that moment. It had to be especially hard for him when his brothers said they were honest men. They said they were honest men. Joseph knew the truth. The last words we heard from them was, the last words that Joseph heard from them was laughter was rebuke. It was a joke. And in return, we see what the brothers heard from Joseph, anguish from the soul. Come on, y'all, don't do this to me, man. I'll be quiet. I won't say nothing no more. You know, I remember one time in my life, and I'm glad to say that I left. I remember one time, one of my friends in California, he was a part of a gang. And what was going to happen was they had to go get this kid and they had to do something to get him into the gang. So what they do is circle up and they just take licks on this, this young kid. Man, it bothered me the whole time. And here I was ever approaching, and, and these kids were so excited about it. And when it finally got about time, they said, you ready to go watch this, man? Maybe you could be a part of this. And I'm like, I, I just can't do it. That boy came to school next day, both eyes black, nose all busted up, elbows scraped up, legs hurt. I couldn't believe that people were happy to be a part of that. Here was Joseph pleading his heart to his brothers, to his own kinfolk. And they didn't even care enough to do anything. And they allowed Jacob to walk around over and over. Yeah, I'm being very repetitive in this thought because that's what we do in our lives. When we want to do some sin, we're going to cover it up. And we'll let people tell us and we'll let people plead with us and we decide, you know what? It's just not for me, man. I just don't want to hear it. Brethren, will we not let our hearts become so hard that we forget the truth? I know so many people that have been at this congregation that are no longer here. And I try to talk to them and I try to encourage them and I try to love on them. And you just see a stoic face. But these were honest men. See, these brothers, they were honest. And and they were willing to to, to do the deal. But you remember when, when Joseph hears them, when Joseph hears what they were talking about, what does it say in verse 24? It says, he turned himself away from them and he wept. They may have not been spies, but they were absolutely not honest men. But you remember what Jesus says, Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 and 44, how we're supposed to treat our enemies? You've heard that it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use and persecute you. Paul says it like this in Romans chapter 12, verse 19. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine and I will repay, says the lord i want to read just a little bit more verse 25 it says then joseph gave a command to fill their sacks with grain to restore every man's money to his sack and to give them provisions for their for the journey thus he did for them so they loaded their donkeys with the grain and departed from there but as one of them opened his sack to give his donkey feed at the encampment he saw his money and there it was in the mouth of his sack So he said to his brothers, "'My money has been restored, and there it is in my sack.' Then their hearts failed them, and they were afraid, saying to one another, "'What is this that God has done to us?' Then they went to Jacob, their father, in the land of Canaan, and told him all that had happened to them, saying, "'The man who is lord of the land "'spoke roughly to us and took us for spies of the country. "'But we said to him, "'We're honest men. "'We are not spies.'" We are 12 brothers, sons of our father. One is more, one is no more, and the youngest is with our father this day in the land of Canaan. Then the, man, then the man, the Lord of the country, said to us, By this I will know that you are honest men. Leave one of your brothers here with me. Take food for the famine of your household and be gone. Do you realize what Joseph does? He still gives them a chance... He knows they're not honest men, but he says, I'm gonna give you a chance to prove that you're an honest man. Verse 34, and bring your youngest brother to me so I shall know that you are not spies and that you're honest men. I will grant your brother to you and you may trade in the land. Then it happened as they emptied their sacks that surprisingly each man's bundle of money was in his sack. And when they had their father uh, and when they and their father saw the bundles of money, they were afraid. And Jacob, their father, said to them, you have bereaved me. Joseph is no more. Simeon is no more. And you want to take Benjamin? All these things are against me. Then Reuben spoke to his father, saying, kill my two sons if I do not bring him back to you. Put him in my hands and I will bring him back to you. But he said, my son shall not go down with you, for his brother is dead and he is left alone. If any calamity should fall befall him along the way in which you go, then you would bring down my gray hair with sorrow to the grave. The third thing to consider as we close and wrap up quickly. Guilt of our sins won't go away with time. It only goes away when we confess And repent. Amen? Guilt of our sins will not go away with just time. Psalm 32, and I want to read just a couple verses from it. Look at it with me. Psalm 32. David, we know what he went through. David talks about this concept. Remember David committed adultery with Bathsheba and then he had Uriah, her husband, murdered. Psalm 32 verse 1, it says, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man whom the Lord does not impute iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. But look at what happens when we hold it in. Look at what happens when we decide to not let it out, to not confess it, to not repent of it. He says, when I kept silent, my bones grew old. Does it not feel that way, brethren? Through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me and my vitality, my energy was turned into the drought of summer. What a powerful thought. Why would we want to have that on us? Why would we want that to be a part of our life and not do as he says in verse five? Acknowledge your sin. And my iniquity, I've not hidden. And I said, I'll confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. David's bones were wasting away. He was literally in pain because of this sin that he was trying to cover up. And here are these brothers. It it may have been calm for all these years and now it's all getting stirred back up. Oh, the pain. Oh, the anxiety. Oh, the thoughts. Why in the world do we want sin in our lives? Joseph's brother are holding back from telling the truth still at this moment as we finish up. Can you imagine the emotions No amount of time, no amount of space can take it away. The only thing that will solve the problem, that will help the beginning of healing to start is confession and repentance. What will these boys do? Brethren, what will we do? If we think about our lives and we think about the sin that we sometimes get entrapped in, are we hiding it? Do we enjoy it to the point where we don't want to talk about it and we just think we can cover it up and make everything okay? One day it'll be exposed and one day it'll hurt not only you but so many others. The beauty of the system of Christianity is I have the ability to talk about this struggle. I have the ability to confess my sins with brethren and pray for the situation so that I could be healed. And I have the most beautiful, precious gift ever. I have the blood of Jesus knocking my sin out every time I ask. Maybe you're here today and you're struggling. Maybe you're here today and you need prayers. Maybe you're here today and you need some help. We can help you. We can pray with you. But maybe you're here today and you're not a Christian. There's only one way to heaven, and it's through Jesus Christ. By believing who he is, by repenting of your sins, turning from your way of sin and turning towards his way. By confessing his name before men, saying that I believe that Jesus is who he says he is and that he is the son of God and being baptized in water going in dirty and coming out new. Ananias told Saul that day, what are you waiting on? God has big plans for you. Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. And if you do that and you live a life faithful until death, Jesus said, I'll give you a crown of life. Don't you want a crown? Man, I can't wait till I can get a crown. If you need to be baptized into Jesus Christ, Please come right now. It's together, we stand and sing.